Graphic Nature acknowledges the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, the traditional custodians of the land on which we record the show, and pay our respects to the Elders past, present and future, and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people who may be listening to this podcast. Due to the graphic nature of this program, listener discretion is advised. Fighting for what's right, for justice, that's what a hero does. It is my opinion, without any reasonable doubt and without any reservation, that comic books are an important contributing factor in many cases of juvenile delinquency. Comic books are pure evil. Satan himself condemns our children to the fiery depths of hell. How a particular tale can come to life in the mind of a reader is endlessly fascinating to me. We have found that all comic books have a very bad effect on teaching the youngest children the proper reading techniques. This balloon print pattern prevents that. I am not a villain. I am a victim. A victim of a society that tortured me. Vengeance will be mine. It'll be mine. It'll be mine. Welcome to Graphic Nature, a podcast exploring the inspiring world of comic books, the culture that supports it, the creators, publishers, and people behind the printed pages and digital screens pushing the medium on into the future in Australia and the world. I'm Zoran Ilyevsky. On this episode, we talk to Angie Spice, writer, artist, and creator of Courier, The Adventures of Geraldine Barker. Welcome, Angie. Thanks uh, for being on the show. Oh, thanks so much for having me here. I really, really appreciate it. Yeah. You've been well? Yeah, I've been good. I've been good. Um, actually, I've been listening to a lot of podcasts lately. Um, it's really helped me get through. Yeah, the, the pandemic is pretty much uh, you know, blowing the steam out of everybody's sails, really. Yeah, and I said I wasn't going to... I said to myself, I'm not going to bring up any of this. <laughs> Yeah, let's just see. It's kind of hard. Yeah, it, it really is. It's it's so pervasive. Yeah. It's it's everywhere, and I think that's why a lot of times it's really hard for people to kind of you know just just you know get on with it. And I think that's why a lot of people are really really feeling the effects of it because it's just it's inescapable. Mm. Wherever you look, a TV outside your window, it's just yeah, it's it's yeah it's everywhere. Really everywhere. intrusive is probably a better word to say. Yeah, well, it's really um for me, it's it's um sort of blocked a few a bit of escapism that I've used, like um, going out to a gig, going to see some live music or performing even like from time to time, which I usually do. Um, It's hard not to have that to go to for a break and just even like not being able to go to conventions. You know, I was kind of relieved at first because I'm like, well, I just want to focus on creating, spending more time working on my comics and my technique. But now that it's gone on this long, I'm like, shoikes, I'm struggling with my own identity, not being able to um, connect with people and meet new people and do these conventions. It's it's actually a really interesting way to put it because I imagine Mm. there's quite a few people out there who are are having similar issues, just not being able to to do things that would normally work as coping mechanisms. And so right now yeah. it's just mm-hmm. all that much harder to, to get through. And, and even from a creative aspect, you know, uh, it's, it's all good and well to be in this situation where you go, great, I've got all this free time now um, mm-hmm. so I can create. But it's also finding the headspace to be able to create in this sort of uh, situation. Yeah. And like for me um, personally, like still got, I haven't lost any work during this thing. Um, so I've been... I mean, I'm still doing what I love, creating, but it's not like I have to finish. I have to finish my project, so I just can't sort of like play around like some people are. And I'm like, oh God, I wish I was in that position. But they must think, oh, I wish I still had, you know, a job. Um, everyone's sort of 
you know, it's kind of like um, a situation where people are angry because some people seem to be getting support and others aren't, and um, it's a messy situation, I guess. Um, yeah. Tough for everybody. Tough for everybody. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. So you did mention uh, working on some comics and, and uh, hoping to be in a creative space. Before we get into the thick of things, and particularly uh, Courier, uh, your work with Courier, uh, The Adventures mm-hmm. of Geraldine Barker, how did comics, uh, how did it all start for you? So, um, you know, I think um, I've all, there's always been like a gag comic strips around, like there was um, Foottrot Flats, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. Do you know yeah. what I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I loved reading those, but then I, I really got the humour, so I loved that there was always different, mostly graphic novels around, and I've always sort of loved just looking at pictures more than actually reading words. Um, I've always been that way. Yeah, but I think I got into it because I just love storytelling, and um, the visual aspects just made sense to me. Yeah, right, and and so mm. it, it, so that was so it's basically just your way of. Futra Flats was kind of the way in. Was there anything in particular that really kind of um, blew no, your like, mind? I think, I think like um, that was maybe like some of the first memories is like that kind of comic book um, Well, there's format. some of the strips and stuff like that. Yeah, that was always around. Um, there was the Phantom around. But, you know, I, uh, I didn't read that. I was too young to really connect with that anyway. But I, I kind of got into storytelling actually um, from watching anime Pokemon when it came out I I got obsessed with that and but I think there was something about um anime and manga although I hadn't read any manga at that stage because I had no access to it Mm -hmm. there was something about it that sparked um creativity and um because I I played a lot of computer games so I played Pokemon and I just it was the most addictive game ever but it kind of it was a role-playing game so it allowed you to bring in your own creativity into the story and I think a lot of people get started from that um, because it kind of shows you you can create your own story. And um, once I realized that these, this franchise was actually an animation, I'm like, whoa, this is so powerful. They've created even more story out of this computer game. And so I started writing um, fan fiction because I really wanted to see, I, I really love the antagonist of Pokemon Team Rocket. That's Jesse James Meowth. I, I don't think you've ever watched no, I haven't. Have I haven't. Oh, okay. <laughs> In fact, uh, anyway, to, to be to be truthful, yeah. fully truthful, I did watch the um, Pikachu detective with Ryan Reynolds. Oh yeah, what did yeah. you think of that? I loved it. It was great. It was heaps of fun. Yeah, that was that. That was interesting. But you know, I mean, I don't have any connection with with any of the lore or any of the uh, backstory. I think um, that, so. I was thinking about it and I'm wondering, like, anime. A lot of anime and manga is targeted at adolescent people. So unless you kind of connect with it then, I think it's hard to find the connection, you know, unless you watched it at that age. Yeah, um, yeah. Kinda, but, not, but not saying can... it brainwashes you, but... No, no, but I think I think the same can be said for music and literature and, and quite a lot yeah, of things. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, yeah, I started writing fan fiction, um, So, but I would do that in storybook format. So I would write, like, you know, maybe... Um, this is when I was in school, like when I was 13 or 14, mm-hmm. I would write maybe 20 pages of, like, a story, and then I would just draw, like, you know, maybe 10 pages of that would be, like, just a, a scene from the story I wrote. And uh, that's kind of how I got started. But then from there, I kind of um, thought maybe I wanted to do animation, but um, in high school, 
my media teacher said, you should really think about comic books because you can be really creative with that and it's achievable. And um, that's my first sort of introduction really to comic books, like more of a, like a mainstream comic book, more like Marvel or something like that. So, and in the library there, they had more um, kind of Marvel and DC and more mainstream comic books and it kind of opened up my mind a bit. Yeah, so that's kind of how it started for me. Did you go into it cold? You just started, kind of started working it out or had you written, had you drawn and written some comics before you got to, before you got to Geraldine Barker? Um, so I made, I, I don't really tell anyone this, but I did make a comic book that um, in year 12, which was, uh, I think it was like 12 to 16 pages in full colour and I made something then, but since that, I um I ended up pursuing music. So, because uh, I, I did want to be an animator at that stage, but um I came, I knew one day I'll go back, I'll get back into my comics because that's what I really wanted to achieve was um storytelling in that sort of media. Um, yeah. So it wasn't until like uh what so maybe like five years ago now I started creating again in the comics. Um, so I kind of had to like relearn a lot and I'm still I still feel like I'm relearning and I mean you've always got to learn anyway but um yeah so I, I had a massive break and do you think that that did it did that kind of help you uh do you think or did it hinder you in the sense of now being being a little bit older or a little bit wiser or, or just um, just having a few more things under your belt that you could draw on when you were um uh, forgive the pun but you know, draw on experience and stuff like that when writing or when drawing. Oh, well, that's exactly drawing. right. It's all about experience. I made that decision that because I got into, um, I applied for when I was um, leaving high school because I was I was very creative, always very creative, wanting to do everything, and um, and I was lucky enough to be, you know, singing and um, drawing and trying all sorts of different things. Um, so I applied to study. At, in animation and in music and um, I wasn't I got into an animation course but I wasn't able to pursue it that year because of um, where I lived like I, I grew up in Tasmania and I, I couldn't afford to move at the time so mm-hmm. I couldn't do it but um, I sort of decided that you know I'm young why not like try something that's challenging to me where I can learn and experience something different so I got into music and I've met so many great people and had so many wonderful and not so wonderful experiences um I've really lived a life and like I don't want to I'm not saying that comic creators don't live their life but you spend so much time just in your room create you know drawing and stuff it's so valuable to like get out there and live life and have something really interesting to sort of use in your work and I I definitely draw um, inspiration from my life and um, from people I meet, from um, sci- a lot of science um, and historical things. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't regret it. Um, but um, but the other thing is that I probably um, I think it's easier to learn your craft when you're younger because when, as you get older, you have more responsibilities and. Um, it's hard because once you're working, even in creative stuff, you have less time to um, play around or bum around and, you know, do crazy things and you have less energy too and you always think you're going to have that energy 
but you don't. So, yeah, I, I guess, you know, nothing's ever perfect, but I think you've got to do what you feel is right in the moment. But I'm a little bit impulsive like that. Right. Well, that all makes sense. That all makes sense to <laughs> yeah. me. And so who who would be your creative heroes? Um, I always, I, I don't know. Uh, at the moment, I... Um, like I said, I draw inspiration from people and real life. So I would say that um, this is nothing to do with comics, but I really, I'm really inspired by some fighters. I watch um, MMA, which is mixed martial arts. Um, I'm really inspired by some of these fighters that their mindset and their how they've overcome adversity in their life, and like a lot of these people fighting in these um, tournaments, like the UFC. Um, and I just stumbled across the UFC by accident. But the things that these people have overcame, like people from really, really tough neighbors, neighborhoods or whatever in America, all over the world, and they've somehow made something of themselves when there was nothing going for them. Like, um, yeah, that's really inspired me. I, I really, like, they're my heroes at the moment. I, I get very obsessed with different things, so that's my obsession at the moment. Yeah, right. <laughs> I would never would never have picked you as an MMA fan. Yeah. I know. I didn't think I was. I didn't even know what it was. Like, that's the thing. People don't understand. It's real fighting. It's, and there's so much skill that goes into it and so much um, risk. It's very exciting. It's like watching superheroes. Like, for real. I, I love it. I absolutely love it. I, I had friends who used to watch watch it when, it when the league was in its infancy. And the rules were a little different back then. Uh, it was no holds barred, so there were people losing eyes and breaking yeah. arms and, and Oh, see, that's, that's gross. I, I couldn't watch that. Yeah, so, yeah. so it's a lot more uh, a... congenial these days compared to what it was originally oh, when it started. Yeah, it's much. It's actually a lot safer than boxing because in boxing you get hit, like, on your, you know, your head gets hit constantly and you, you have once you get knocked down, you have, like, 10 seconds to get up again. But if that was in mixed martial arts, You'd, it'll be off because you're obviously hurt and you don't want to get any damage done. So it's it's very good. I think, um, yeah, like, I mean, people can die from this sort of thing. Um, but I, I really admire people that risk that. I, I really admire that. And um, and I guess it's so different from anything else I've known in my life. I just, I'm obsessed with it at the moment. So let's get into Korea. Where did the idea for Korea, the adventures of Geraldine Barker come from? Um it was mainly um, that I wanted to actually release and finish something. So I gave myself a month to create a concept from nothing and have it printed. Um, because I, and like, because um, at the time I was just sort of storyboarding things and, you know, thinking, oh, soon I'll be releasing stuff, but nothing was happening. So I saw that a, the local library was holding a uh, writer's uh, convention. Um, just a local one, and I thought, well, I'll just create something for this, and that's what I did. And I stayed up um, very late to get it done because I only had a month. But and um, I think you know, um, having that strict time frame really made me work every day, see what I could do each day, learn how to do this, like even um, learning about printing a comic and you know, learning about um, how to have the bleed and all the, um, what's the word, all the dimensions for the printing right and do all that. And it was amazing. I was, I really enjoyed it. And I think like the actual inspiration for the story I got from, um, I just felt like I needed to do it because I love Tasmania and 
I love adventure. And now um, looking back at, you know, certain um, things that I've been exposed to, I can see where I've got inspiration from it, but you're not really aware at the time where you got it from. So, yeah, just that's how it came to be. It, it was, it was you could say it was rushed, but no, it just came together. Yeah, right. And and was yeah. Geraldine based on anybody in particular or did you just kind of fashion it out of thin air? Um, I got the name from someone I knew. Um, but no, nah, she was kind of just like to be mysterious. Kinda like I did base her though off um Catherine Hepburn. Yeah. Oh, right. Based off her. So she's an actress from nineteen forties. Um, just because I typed in someone, I could probably base the looks off a little bit. So if you look up her, you'll be like, oh, yeah, that's Geraldine. Yeah, right. Although I've, I've changed her. I've stylized her differently uh, a little bit, which she'll be able to notice, yeah. Well, Catherine Hepburn was a very famous actor. Mm-hmm. She was also, and the more I learned about her, I realized, wow, she's actually a lot like Geraldine. She's a bit of a um, rebel and she caused a lot of trouble. Like, I mean, people didn't like her because she was, um, she kind of challenged, like, um, patriarchal things and no, she was interesting so you've mm. created the you've created the concept of the book how did you go about actually getting it getting it going what was involved in getting that first book done well like I said because um, I had the deadline I just sort of had to uh, research things or ask some of my friends who were making comics what to do but I pretty much gave myself I kind of had to plan out what I was going to do at which stage. So I gave myself a week to think of develop, developing the story. Then I gave myself a week to design the characters and start storyboarding. Then I gave myself a week to start penciling and then inking and then I don't know how I did it all, to be honest. <laughs> and what was the process, let's say, for instance, that, that first week? Uh, was it um, – were, were, you, were you working on the – we, we, what did you say? Sorry, the first week you gave yourself. Um, you know, it's to be honest, it's it's a little hard to remember now because it was a few years ago. Um, but I'd come up with um, I pretty much come up with the characters and I'll start writing the stories. So I just think of like like key ideas. So I thought some key elements. Well, obviously, is nineteen forties, which is World War Two. So that was a key element. Another key element was that it was Tasmania. And another element was that it was, um, I guess you could say Geraldine's an element. Um, she works for the old um, post office department. Um, she's she's almost a spinster uh, for that age. Like She's unmarried. Um, she's an independent woman. Uh, women are like in the workforce. So I was just brainstorm, brainstorming the era Um and uh, the characters that I'd have in there, but the first story is pretty much just Geraldine. There's like the not, not a lot happens in the first book, so um, it it was easy to do because like the more characters you have in the comic, the it's gonna take a lot longer to um, create. So um, I think I just kept it simple, you know. And I thought I just have a lot of um, trees and um, uh, sort of nature in it, which is easy easy to draw for me like I find it easier because you don't need to get things precise like, like when you're drawing inside or drawing buildings you have to get everything accurate so I kept it simple yeah right cool mm. and and um so you've gone through you've created this this first book and what did you say in about a month yeah 
Right. So you did. So you did the whole. You did the whole book in a month. Was that just that was your own kind of deadline for your own? Yeah, because I uh, struggle without a deadline. Um, even when I work, like I've done a few um, illustrations for other creators, and when they don't give me a deadline, it's the hardest thing in the world to work on because I need structure. Everyone needs some sort of structure, I think. When it, if you want to finish something, you know, before you know it, it'll be a few years and you haven't even finished what you want to do. So, uh, you know, I'm going to school and stuff or just working with someone else is really good because they give you a deadline and you can get you get energy from that. You need you need um, limitations in a way. Yeah. 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 Now we're we're speaking to you and it's you've just finished. Or you've just released number six, right? Yeah. So and that's I the complete that's the complete arc. Uh, how was it? How was it received? Like for the first issue, for instance, versus now that you've got the entire kind of series um, all done up. So um, people are definitely most excited about issue one. Um, the first thing I ever created, and I I was very excited about it too. So that kind of makes it even bigger than um, just the achievement alone of creating a comic on your own like that nothing can really beat that um so people are really impressed by it it's been a it's been a weird contrast actually um it's it's sort of a strange um time to release a comic especially when i want to share it with people i want to talk to people face to face and show them what i've done um and i haven't been able to do that so i've still had a lot of people buy it um because i released issue six uh when was it maybe two months ago so i've had I've had really good support, um, considering, but it seems a bit doesn't seem anticlimactic, but it just seems a bit strange. There's something kind of weird about not being able to have a book launch or something. But people seem to be satisfied with the ending. They seem to be satisfied that I've tied up a few things. Um, the book's in full colour, um, which I think will generate a few mixed reviews. Like it's a, it's also a lot long. It's a longer issue. Um, it's got like double the pages than normal. Yeah, I think I'll, I'll get mixed reviews about the art choice, but a lot of people are excited about the color. I'm assuming you would have received some sort of uh, constructive criticism throughout the throughout the series of the six books. How did it mm. how did it uh, impact the story or your processes positively or negatively? A lot of feedback I've got has been really really good, um, and you always know when you're getting you know something that's constructive about your work. Um, I've had really advice um saying like stuff that um has really meant a lot to me is like focus more on your drawing technique rather than your styling um because i've just when you're stuck to like a style like i started off with a very sort of anime style you kind of draw things without understanding the technique behind them and you really got to learn anatomy you really got to learn um proper drawing techniques um, this, you can't just fast track it. I mean, look, there's no rules, no rules to creating comics. You don't have to be that kind of drawer. You can, anyone can have any style they want. Draw, I mean, comics isn't about drawing technique for everything. Um, it's about communication. It's about um, then entertainment. Then um, yeah, then the skills. Um, so yeah, that was good to hear. Um, a lot of people like, oh, you know. You really needed like some sort of strong editor from the start and I'm like I mean fair enough uh you know looking at it now I sort of think god I've got way too many um 
way too many subjects in here, like way too many concepts. Uh, it'll be, I think courier could be a little much, a bit too much information for like the average reader to read. I could be wrong, but I think I should, next time I do it, I definitely want an editor from the beginning, like a, you know, editor sort of talking to me about each stage. Um, but I'm kind of happy I did it because I just needed to do what I needed to do. Uh, so I've, I've had really good feedback. Sometimes I wish I could have had more. Like You can never get enough feedback, to be honest. Some people that are nasty, but it's never been about my comics. It's always been about me as an artist, and that's hurtful. We just want to make you feel like shit. Yeah, right. Yeah, and I imagine yeah, there's, there's, there's yeah. a lot of people out there that are like yeah. that, I guess. But, you know, let's be honest. It's, it's your first project major project you're finished yeah you've done it i've done something that a lot of people will never be able to do despite their gifts despite their talents despite their t- the time they have you know they'll never be able to do it and they can make me feel shit about what i've achieved but they just wish that they had my ability to just do things and you know people like that are very few but if you like spend too much time with the wrong kind of people especially being a comic book artist and writer and you're around these you know, you don't spend much time with people, but the people you do spend time with are saying you're shit. Or they're not even saying that, but making you feel like you're shit, making you feel like... Because people either give you energy or they take it from you. Yeah, and yeah, they do. you just find... Yeah, I know, right? But I'm not saying... Like, some people can give each... Two people can give each other energy. It's not like give and take, give and take. But people that drain you of your self-worth, they just... They end up sort of destroying you slowly, like... And I guess for me that's been the hardest, most challenging thing is, like, also being very introverted. I'm very introverted and um, it's hard to know how to spend time with people sometimes because you you just don't want too much of it and it's difficult to um, coordinate that. But you've got to spend time with people that make you feel wonderful. With all that being said, how critical uh, are you of yourself with with regard to your comics? Uh, okay. Well, recently I've had a very big wake-up call and I think a lot of people have it because um, I try. I sort of like made a little webcomic um, just recently actually. Mm-hmm. And um, What's it called? It was on, have you heard it? Uh, <laughs> it's actually a little continuation of Courier 6. Okay. Um, I haven't really, I, I did sort of post it on Instagram and it was part of a little competition they had on there and you had like two months to create three episodes, so they call them episodes in webcomics, um, and you had, yeah, two months to make it, and you had, like, you had to have at least um, 30 panels per episode, mm-hmm. which is a lot, a lot of work, um, and anyway, I did that, and I entered it thinking, oh, yeah, this is going to be the next new thing for me, and I'm like, <laughs> I don't know, you, sometimes you get a big ego, you know, you just think, oh, this is going to be the one thing that's going to make me explode, Um so you need to be humbled sometimes. So I um, I entered that and I realized, gosh, um, so many people here that are half my age can draw can draw rings around me, and can tell stories a lot better than more convincingly than I can. And it made me sort of think, well, I've really got to work. I've really got to work on my drawing technique. I've got to um, expand on that, and I've got to actually um, revisit storytelling techniques and everything. I've just got to... So, so you're leaning on the heavy side of self-criticism then? What? <laughs> well... No, 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 no. no? Okay. It's like, okay, the problem about making comics is that once you create a character... So I created Geraldine Barker, 
with that style I had at the time when uh, it was like a few years ago. But because I created more comics in her style, I've sort of got this, I'm clinging on to the old style. I'm clinging on to the old me that isn't as good at drawing. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and storytelling. So you, you have to sort of, you can't let go of that rawness, that rough, that first draft sort of Geraldine Barker, the, the rough Angie Spice. You can't let go of that until you finish the project. Um, so a lot of people are saying, oh, you know, don't, don't keep working on Courier. You need something new. Fair enough. But um, to f- I just, like, you can't really focus. For me, I had to focus on just finishing Courier. I couldn't yeah. really focus too much on letting go of that and then looking at it differently. Um, I still think there's a lot of value in it, definitely. There's, there's something very mysterious about Courier I'd love. I feel like a lot of it was in um, sort of created by the the forces that be for me that's what it feels like I feel like what there's something here that isn't me in there um and I I think that's priceless but yeah I'm kind of taking this step back and look at myself like with um fresh eyes you know what I mean yeah 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 Yeah. you're listening to graphic nature we'll return right after this short message Hey, thanks for listening. Hope you're enjoying the show. Please jump on Facebook and like us, as well as following us on Twitter and Instagram. You can find all the details on the website, graphicnature.media. Thanks very much. So uh, w- with these fresh new eyes, uh, do you think that's going to impact what your uh, what your preferred discipline is? Are you more of a writer or are you more of, a, of an artist? Uh, look, I... Uh... I don't like to choose, um, but I, I do find it I find it harder to work on other people's stories, like just drawing for them, because um, I'm very emotional. I like to – I feel like I can connect with characters better when I'm writing them. Um, I think – I don't know. I've never – okay, the thing is that I've never really tried writing um, for an illustrator because I, I feel very sort of – I feel maybe like too much of a perfectionist about how it'll look. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know, I don't know. Um, and I like it's like um, you know how you ask people who they'd like to work with and that. Yeah. Um. Well, <laughs> I kind of think. Well, I would probably like to work with like uh, more Western styled artists, but if I had to work with like a manga styled artist, I probably wouldn't want to because I'd want to do it more my because I know too much of how they might draw it. And I'm, I love my own style so much, even though it's um, not perfect. I think, um, I think I would struggle seeing someone else draw it in that style, if, if you understand what I I'm do. saying. I think I do. I think I do. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I think I would fancy being, like, directing something and drawing some of the major drawings. Like in, in manga, you know how they have, like, the, the manga kind of does, like, most of the main drawings, and you have assistants doing all the backgroundy stuff. See, I don't really. I mean, sometimes I do enjoy it, but I'd rather be spending my time creating the story, doing you know, drawing the main characters. Um, so uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm still figuring it out. One thing I did love about webtoon is that you don't spend so much time on the drawings, um, and just you just bash out the story. And maybe that's what I like more. But at the moment, I'm thinking. Hmm. I need I need more detail in my drawings to like captivate the um the viewer. Uh, so you, I don't know. That's a tough question for me. Yeah, right. You'd mentioned that um you you 
you like to have an emotional connection with what you're drawing, let's say, for instance. Mm. Uh, do you have you uh, in the process of writing Courier or even in the Webtoon uh, series, how much mm. or if any uh, of your personal demons did you did you exercise through your work? Um, you know, <laughs> were you were you ever exploring or wanting to explore? something of a personal nature in the realm of comics or, or even possibly even in a in a future project yeah um so i do have a, I, to be honest i haven't shared these because I, I have a lot of really everyone's got demons don't we but um i did create a few of them in um i, I created a one shot which is like a short sort of story in um a magazine called g'day punch which is a manga kind of styled magazine like a um, anthology kind of magazine and that was last year and it was called phoenix um and she's a boxer and um i did sort of like i sort of did see myself in that character a lot um so yeah i i did but there's a few stories that i would like to definitely maybe release but i kind of feel i would never make them i would never make them autobiographical like because i feel like Now's not the time because you're going to make some people look really bad and you don't in your life and you don't want to do that. That's yeah, right. why you do it when you're old. Yeah, fair enough. When everyone's dead, nah, I'm just kidding. <laughs> That's a long time to wait for a comic book or to, oh, no. to, to exercise your demons. I don't know. Um, they're always doing that though, I, I think. Suppose. I, I think. suppose you're right. I don't think though, um, I've been, I don't think Korea, I don't think there's anyone really all that nasty in Everyone's pretty friendly, really, and harmless. So nothing bad happens. When working on on your, uh, you know, whether it be writing or, or in fact drawing, uh, are you a designated space kind of person? Do you have to work in the same spot? Are you superstitious about that, or is it a is it a hey, I can uh, I can draw at the pub, or not now anymore? But no anymore, but, um, way. I hate people being around when I'm drawing my comic. I can't stand it. I can't stand it when they're around writing my comic. I can't do anything in public. I can write down, jot down ideas. I can maybe do a little sketch, but I can't really fully devote myself to that one idea if people are around me. It's too distracting. Um, I find that if I'm writing a new story, um, I would go on a long walk and I'll find ideas just flow. So I'll write them down on a notepad or something. Um, but And then I have to be in my studio to do my final art. I just have. So yeah, I'm pretty sensitive to that. You did mention earlier that you really love going to conventions. What are other ways that you promote the book? Um, well, you know, there's always the online stuff, like all the social media. Yeah, and well, yeah, um, include that, please. That kind of you got to give that time because people are going to buy your comics um, usually like after they've known you for a while. That they're never going to buy it first off on social media. They're going to have to know. People need to sort of know your commitment to what you do before they buy something, I think. Mm. Um, if they can see you're committed to this, then they'll buy it eventually. So I think social media is more of a long-term investment. Um, and so I've got an online store there. Um, I think it's really good to get your comics into the retail stores. Um, and that's like that benefits both um, people. Like, the comic book stores and you, because then you can cross-promote. Yep. Um, that's been good. And I feel like there was something else. I haven't got anything on Amazon yet. Um, I've heard mixed reviews about using that. 
yeah, you need a presence online, and but the way you build that is through um, doing conventions. So conventions are key, especially if you're starting out. Um, and there's too much noise online now. You have to really be. People need to see you're doing things in real life, like going to conventions and doing like appearances and that to really feel like you're committed. Because uh, people don't really, at the end of the day, people, if they haven't read your story, they're only buying it because they want to support you because they want, they see you're committed or they want to have a piece of who you are because uh, they want to be able to create comics. Um, and then after that, they'll buy your thing again because they actually like the story. And that's my own theory. And and you, you also have a Patreon, I believe? Mm-hmm. How does yeah, that how does that factor into into promotion? I'm not like as a I don't want to say use the word aggressive, but I will. Some people are really good at like you know advertising, and they're, they're I wouldn't say they're kind of more aggressive amount of saying do it, you know blah 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 blah. I don't want to spend that much time on promoting myself so actively. I do kind of want my Patreon to grow though. So I'm I've been really lucky to have really loyal fans. Um, just want to help me want to support Korea and other comics I make. So it's it's really sort of just been a magical thing for me. Um, I, I give my Patreons um, behind the scenes, you know, uh, work and I, I have a vlog on there as well. Um, oh, so, nice. yeah, I've got a few bonus things, but it's been very good for me. What's, the ex- <laughs> what's your experience like at conventions? Uh, yeah, like I said, they're very important to show everyone your you're appearing at things and, um, oh, how do I do, like, financially? <laughs> no, 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 like, like, how do you feel, how do the, how do people react to your work, to yourself, that kind of stuff, oh, mm-hmm. let's keep money out of it. Um, people are really excited, especially people that have, um, you know, watched me release Courier and uh, people are, like, just really impressed that I've done what I have on my own. Um, with a bit of help from other people, obviously, like I haven't done it all on my own, but mm-hmm. they're they're really inspired, and uh, that that really means so much to me. Uh, and you know, when people remember who you are, and and I've met a lot of people that have given me work, and oh great, it's all yeah, no, it's it's definitely important. I think it's it's probably some conventions like um su- you know Supernova and the big ones and all that, they're better for exposure, I think. Um, Definitely. Uh, but to be honest, I haven't actually done any big conventions last year or two. Um, yeah, I find I benefit more from doing smaller ones where You're you right. can get more noticed, mm-hmm. um, have more time to speak to people. People aren't so overwhelmed by the volume that's there at the bigger conventions. People are relaxed, they're not so anxious, and they, they want to spend more. Um, they want to, you know, they have, they're not so overwhelmed. Pretty much, they're not so overwhelmed, and they haven't spent like a big entry fee to be there. So yeah, right. Well, you say you haven't been to any bigger conventions. Have you done any international conventions? Yeah, I um, yeah, I did one in Manchester last year. Which one was that? Uh that one was. I can't remember the actual name of it now. It was. Ah, oh, can't remember. Comic Con something or something else. Don't remember. <laughs> I can look it up for you. No, 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 that's okay. How was it? Yeah, it went pretty well. Went pretty well. Um, it ended up being more of a smaller one um, for their standards, but no, it was it was good. It was it was strange though because it was very much like doing one back here in Australia. Yeah, right. I think it was good for me though because at that convention, 
Um, I did quite well because not many other people, I don't think there was any other indie creators there. So I did quite well. Oh, wow. Um, and I find that usually, yeah, from my experience doing conventions where you're the only indie creator, you always sell a lot because you're, you're the only one selling that product. Did you have uh, to, did, were you able to take your products over there? Did you have to get them printed there? Was there any kind of legal, uh, <laughs> customs thing around that? Um, oh, there's always legal stuff, but yeah. <laughs> no, I, I brought over my income. Right. Okay. All right. Tip, <laughs> hot tip, everybody. <laughs> If you're traveling internationally, well, you probably won't be for a little while now, but no, um, um, yeah, put them in your suitcase. Uh, well, I, I only, I didn't bring many over there. Um, you know, I didn't want to cause any trouble. So, uh, but yes. I, I don't think it would. You know, how you? It's not like you took ten thousand. It would have been exactly, like, but um, but you're not going to get in. Tr- you're not really going to get in trouble if you're selling a few comic books. But um, if you're selling, if you go to somewhere like uh, San Diego Comic Con and you've bought boxes, you're going to have to get a visa. I, I suppose that with the webtoons and and doing courier, you're you're actually working in digital as well as in uh, in like traditional based media. Which one do you prefer? They've both shown me really good advantages and disadvantages. Um, the thing about digital is that you can get work done a lot quicker, but it's the quality of the lines and they're never as good. Um, they're never as pleasing as authentic, no matter um, how experienced you get. I feel like there's always something lacking and um, it's kind of shown me, because I work digitally as well, like not just digital format, but I work digitally for um, my webtoon thing I did. Although you can get work done a lot quicker and um, cleaner sometimes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, there's not really the detailing and the the yeah, it's just not the same thing. So I think um, it'd be good to sort of figure out a hybrid that works for me. But I've just started a new project recently, um, doing some art for another writer, and um, he's like, "Can you use Copics?" I'm like, "Okay, sure." Um, and I just bought a new tablet to work digitally, so I'm like, ah. But then again, I'm like, oh well. Yeah, whatever. Was, how much of Korea, if any, how much of Korea was done traditionally versus digital? Digitally done, drawn. It was all drawn traditionally. It was all inked traditionally. Uh, and some of the letter lettering was done traditionally. Uh, but what was done digitally was the lettering in most of them and mm-hmm. the colouring on the covers for most of them. But the last... The last issue was all done traditionally with the colouring. And and are you drawing on the larger, on the larger sheets of board? Oh and yeah, then yeah. Um, so Korea uh, one and two they were done on A4 size, which was the second issue of Korea. It took me so long because I was trying to get really small and detailed, working on A4. Mm-hmm. Um, but because comic book format is slightly a different shape, like it's longer. Then uh, A4. Um, I was working even smaller than that. So after that, I learned, yeah, you should work um, A3. But then in issue three, my lines were kind of probably too detailed because I wasn't used to shrinking it down the ratios. Yeah, right. So it takes a while. I'm still feel. I still feel like I'm getting the hang of the ratios. Um, I find sometimes my best work if it's larger images, like more close-ups and less panels, looks better somewhere um, which is a in between. A4 and A3 size, mm-hmm. um, which is the traditional manga, sort 
sort of paper you work on for longer pages. Yeah, right. Um, A3 can be good, but then again, sometimes I struggle with um, proportions at A3 because it's too much to look at at once. Um, but yeah, you know, it's it's easy. It's more relaxing to work with more space, of course. And and does and do you do you still read comics or have you has your life gotten to the point where where it's yeah. uh, it's a little bit tricky to kind of get the time to read comics or, or particularly it, it's even tricky yeah. yeah it's tricky but I do miss it um, and like the last comic series I read properly was um, Batwoman because I love the art and the, the art and that especially um, that's the last comic book I've I've um, um, so not written red. Um, but I, I read like a lot of the indie creators' books because I'm so excited to see what they've done. So I read yeah. them um, issue by issue. And but other than that, not really. I read a bit of manga, but even then, I don't. I sort of reference it more than anything. And oh, I was just looking at my um, my Dragon Ball manga collection, thinking, God, I'd love to just read that, binge read that. Probably should let myself do that, but the problem is that once you re- start reading like a series, it takes you out of the story that you're currently working on the world. So right, that's, that's the only danger. Yeah, right. How how is it dangerous? You start thinking about all the elements of the other story too much. Um, look, I think it's mainly when you're. I think it's okay for me. Like when you're storyboarding. That's the time when you can't be doing anything else. When you're storyboarding and writing the story, because you're starting, you're sort of setting like the story in motion, and st- you know, you're getting, you're kind of like getting the main story down. So I can't leave that world. I have to stay in that world. Oh, right, and okay. Think about it all the time. Like I, I guess what I'm saying is that when I'm writing or a story and storyboarding, I have to be thinking about that story 24 hours a day, no mm-hmm. matter what I'm doing. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, but if I guess um, once I'm over that stage, I can sort of read things here and there, but I have to keep on thinking about my characters because then once you start penciling, it's like, well, now you're acting, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. You've started working on a comic, haven't you? I have. I have, yes. What but, stage are you at now? Uh, I'm still uh, prelim layouts at the moment. Yeah, it must be hard listening to me talking about blah blah blah. And like, well, <laughs> but um, no, 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 no. It's not. It's just. It's just interesting to see how everybody else kind of works. To just explore how everybody else's processes kind of work for them. Well, yeah. Well, you know, it's difficult because um, when you are doing conventions and that, you do have to. You lose studio time, and when life happens to you, when things happen, you gotta you gotta be flexible and sort of do what you can when you can and accept that. Um, yeah, it's not easy. It's just the nature of the business, really. Unless you're getting paid bucket loads of money, you kind of have to work around your life. Exactly. Um, You really, like, you give so much of yourself in in making comics. And, uh, yeah, so I think everyone that is making comics, you deserve a big pat on the back. (laughs) Here, here, here. I have so much respect for anyone that is making comics and has been for a long time. You really, that much discipline and that much, uh, what's the word? perseverance is um it's not normal to have that before courier i i've storyboarded books and books of work and that was just for me and maybe a few of my friends but 
some things, you know, are meant to just be for you. So, well, yeah. we'll see. We'll see. It depends on how how uh, proud I am of it once it's once it's to a point where I where I'm comfortable with it. Oh, you can't rely on that. <laughs> yeah, I'm always more proud of something before I create it, and then I've done it, and it's like, oh, this shit. Oh, that's the mark of a mark of a just a, an artist, really, isn't it? I mean, that's. Oh, it just means that you've learned, you've grown, you've gotten better. That's right. That's right. Yeah, that's a good thing. Yeah, and so uh, what uh, what's mm. what new projects are on the horizon that you can talk about, or that you're thinking? Well, about? I'm yeah, I'm currently working um, illustrating uh, a short story um, for um, a guy called Gerald Carr. Um, mm-hmm. So he's created a super heroine called Vixen. Um, you may or may not know about it, so I'm illustrating a short nice. on that. Um, it's it's challenging because he's so old school and I'm, you know, I guess more new school. So I've um, had to really sort of reset to his um, storytelling style. Yeah. Um, and also he, he wants heavier line work and I've kind of like shied away from that a bit. So it's been very, very good for me to sort of, break out of a mold and get more liney again and getting more into my blacking, like creating the black shadows and stuff. Cause I, I sort of did that a bit in the second issue of Courier and then I shied away from it a bit and feel like I'm learning a lot from doing that. So, um, so this is pretty much what you talked about earlier, how it, it, it you find it challenging write, uh, drawing for other writers. Yeah. It's yeah. hard. It's hard because, um, I kind of have to get into their mindset. Uh, yeah, but yeah, and it's also hard because you're used to working at your own pace, but they may not have particular information presented to you. And I'm very, very, um, I very much need to get all the details. Uh, I'm, I'm too over, like, um, like I need to know what year it is, what time it is, uh, where's it set. Um, I just need to know as much information as possible. And I feel that, like, from all the people I've worked for, they don't give me absolutely all the details. Mm-hmm. So I, I sort of have to start with, like, figuring out, asking them all these questions and saying, well, you know, basic things sometimes. But, um, yeah, maybe I'm too I, – I hang on to those, those little things too much. I think it's important. I think it's really important to know all these fine details. And I think it's very important for a writer to give as much information as possible uh, because you you really you really do need to sort of like almost draw it out visually first. So. Nah, I'm learning. Cool. Um, yeah, but I I kind of wish I kind of um want to be writing my next thing, but I can't do that at the same time. I find it difficult. Um, yeah, working on two things at once, it's very hard. Yeah, right. I can do like a pin up or something, but it, I find it hard to work on two things at once. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. You know, everyone has their own kind of way of doing things, and if that works for you, man, why not? Yeah, I think I might have to break out of that though, because um, you know what it's like in comics. You sort of got to take on what work you can get. Yeah, and not um, for that but much I would, money. I would love to just be working on the one um, sort of series and sort of really give my all to that. Uh, if I can manage that, that'll be really good. Because, like, throughout Courier, I've sort of had breaks and I've worked on other illustration work for other writers and stuff like that. And I've also done my own little things. But I don't – I don't – in a way, it's good to have a little break, but I 
I don't think you should do it. I think you should just stick on the one thing until it's done. Uh, that's difficult to do sometimes. Um, if you're not, if you're an independent and you're not getting the, the same amount of funds as like a publisher will be giving like someone to create a series, it's very difficult to just um, stay on that like that. So you do need support. You do need support to do something like that, and just keep at it. Um, it's yeah, it's not a. It's a very unusual thing have that capacity to work on something like that, I think. Last year, I believe it was, you did a talk. You did a talk or a couple of talks uh, at Indie Comic Con mm-hmm. around uh, wellness and well, I suppose it, well, broadly wellness, but more so about <laughs> about um, uh, what it was like yeah, to be. Yeah, no, I've been obsessed uh, with, I've really wanted to help other people sort of break out of their creative blocks because I read this book called The Artist's Way. Have mm-hmm. you heard of it? I have heard of it, yeah. Yeah. Um, so that book, um, I was I was really depressed at one stage, and um, the only thing that got me out of that was reading this book. And I started. That's how I started drawing comics and writing stories again, because it helped me find my inner child again. And that's kind of what it does. Um, so I, you know, because of I was so grateful that I could have had that happen to me, that I could be creating again. I'm like shit. I could maybe I can help other people as well. Um, I've kind of discovered like even it's kind of you really need you need to sort of want to you need you have it's like only you can help yourself. And even though I've tried, I've done a few like courses. Um, I think I've helped a few people, but I think people need to find it in a way that makes sense to them. And I know this book does, but you've got to be willing to like people are so stubborn thinking no I was never talented no uh, I was always to- told I was bad at something you've got to sort of be you've got to sort of stand up for yourself and, and I break think away that, from that kind of thought yeah you've got to sort of like really want to break out of something and sometimes it has to trigger in a miraculous way like sometimes you just got to hear your favorite song that makes you feel like you're king or queen of the world or whatever I think like I've kind of learned that I can inspire people more by doing what I'm doing rather than trying to tell them how they should be living their life and they should be creating and becoming more creative because only they know what's best for them. So I don't know. I, I kind of have mixed feelings about it, actually. I feel like I I um, I um think it maybe later in my life I'll be better at guiding people, but at the moment um, maybe not as much as I thought I could be There's no in that trying. regard. And I think I think it was yeah. it was a it was a good topic, and it was probably something that some people needed to hear. Yeah, and it, the other thing is that I'm really introverted, so when it comes to a group of people, <laughs> I I can't um, I get drained so quickly. Um, I find it very hard to spend time with each person. I I can't I I really struggle. I'm very introverted, so I'm more of a one-on-one person. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so how do you go at conventions in that respect then? Well, that's easy because oh, you speak to people one on one. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Yeah. yeah, it's very different because you. I mean, you do get drained, but because you're not trying to speak to a group of people at once, that's what I find very draining. Although, um, no, I do, I do still get drained, but I find like I've learned to be very sort of standoffish at conventions. Sometimes, like sometimes you walk in the room and there's all these creators you want to say hi to, but you know, no, don't say hello to them yet. Let them set up. Stay in your own space. And you kind of hope that people don't think you're being a snob. I remember once I was setting up at a convention. I think it was Anna Anamaga, which is like an anime sort of convention. 
as soon as I came there to set up, I had my my headset on, my headphones on, listening to music, trying to be in my own world because I knew I'd have to be talking to people all day. And this guy was just jumped up and he's like, hi, how are you, blah, blah, blah. And then I just shut him down, like, excuse me, I, I need this time to myself now. And he started sulking. And I'm like, well, I... <laughs> It took me a while to get that assertive, but you've got to, because otherwise you just just have a meltdown in the middle of the convention. You've got to have your space. So I've learned to sort of take a lot of time for myself before a convention. That's helped a lot. That's great. That's great. Uh, finally, do you have anything that you're that of your own in the same vein as as career, possibly something that you're not working on with anybody else, something of your own? Yeah, I do. Um, it's kind of probably related to Korea. I might do something that is related to it, like maybe in the same universe, or I might do something completely different. Um, I've got a few ideas, but it'll be different in like uh, subject matter. I'm going to start being a bit more tighter in my concept, I think. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Do my homework a bit more. And, <laughs> yeah, come back a new energy spice. <laughs> That's great. Angie, thank you so much for your time. Oh no, it's been uh, a pleasure. Thank you so much, Soren. Good luck with uh, good luck with Vixen and uh, the yeah, thanks. The un the unnamed career project. Yeah. Uh, hopefully, hopefully we'll see you around the traps at some yeah, point. Yeah, I hope so. So Take yeah, care. You too, mate. Uh, that's the end of this episode of Graphic Nature. Thanks for listening. If you could please rate and review the show on whatever podcast service you use, it would be greatly appreciated. If you have any thoughts regarding the show, feel free to send an email to feedback at graphicnature.media. Graphic Nature can be found on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. For more information about the show, visit Graphic Nature on the web by typing in your favorite web browser or search engine, graphicnature.media. Until next time, enjoy the comics you read and read the comics you enjoy. Thanks very much. Credits! Written, produced, edited, and presented by Zoran Ilyevsky. Audio consultation and additional production. Archie Cuthbertson, Dan Moore. Credits announcer, Simon Winkler. Theme character voices, Zoran Ilyevsky. Audio excerpts of Senate Subcommittee on Juvenile Delinquency, Wortham versus Gaines on Decency Standards, used courtesy of New York City Municipal Archives. You've been listening to Graphic Nature, the podcast. <laughs>